message. Thank you. This is a lengthy message, but you know the Lord was talking to me during the recovery. You know, from the from the heart surgery, he was talking to me during that recovery. And uh, the only thing I know how to do is to put it in my notes. You know, I have an iPhone, so I put it in my notes. Anything he tells me, I just pop, 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 pop. You know, like this morning, he woke me up this morning. <laughs> he got jokes. Oh, he woke me up this morning. I, you know, what I woke up with was, Father Lord, I thank you for the surgery. <laughs> that's all I, that's all I woke up. I thank you for just taking care of everything. That's how I woke up. I just woke up. Normally my alarm wakes up, you know, wakes me up. Not as if I don't wake up by myself, but sometimes my alarm wakes me up. You know, and that's how I just, then he says, you know, you're not done yet. You have Christmas, Christmas uh, celebration. Not on Christmas Day, but the 26th. He says, you know, you got a message that you have to give to your people. I'm not telling you the message. You hear it when you come. Don't strong on me. You hear it when you come. Um, so, so he started to tell me. Man, I started to detail, I started to put it together. I was, and I just leave, but I was just going, going, going. I said, ah, you're not done yet. That's a lot, a lot of message. But he said he wants his people to know. Same way he wants his people to know today. So um, uh, we're going with the same title that we left off. Come and follow me, part three. Come and follow me, you know. Follow, not me, follow Jesus. Come and follow Jesus. Part three. So I encourage you, if you haven't listened to the previous parts, you know, go to YouTube or wherever you normally listen and listen to serve as a refresher so you can get a better perspective. They're not all tied together, but sometimes I make references to that teaching. So let's go to uh, scripture, Matthew 19, 16 to 24. So please give me some time to really dissect and put the thing, put, put exactly what God has. I wrote, I wrote it up here, it's almost 18, 20 pages. The Lord was just going. <laughs> so it says, someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why, you, why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one there's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. Honor your, fa honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments. Very arrogant. I've obeyed all of them. Come on, this is just nonsense. I've, I've done it all. The young man replied, what else? What else must I do? Tell me, give me something more challenging. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you have treasure in heaven. Then follow me. Then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he wanted a challenge now. Jesus gave him challenge. He went away sad for he had many possessions. 
Then Jesus said to the disciples, to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man, rich person, to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I'll say it again, it is easier. Sorry. Sorry, he says 24, it's, I say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of, an, of, an, of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. See, this is the story of the rich man who wanted what? Eternal life. And he would do whatever it took. In his mind, he would do whatever possible to, to, to get eternal life. But Jesus then set the stage. You know, it's important for us to, when we read scripture, we read scripture with understanding. You know, we read scripture with understanding. Because in this day and age, you see people that try to abide by the Ten Commandments. They try, they say, I want to abide by the Ten Commandments. <laughs> How impossible. How impossible. But they forget what the Bible, the Bible says about the law. Let's look at James 2.10. EAV. James 2.10. It says, For who, whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in, and in what? One point has been guilty of all. <clears throat> so it means that you cannot even keep the whole Ten Commandments. So you can't. Say if you fail in one, you failed in all. And since we're not able to keep the law, the Bible says you're cursed. Deuteronomy 28 and 15 will tell you in New Living Translation. Deuteronomy 28 15. It says, if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey what all the commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these causes will what come and overwhelm you. Can you imagine? If you, that was what happened in the Old Testament. If you, they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't do it. That's why the Bible says in Romans three. The next one, next up, Romans 3, 23. It says, for all have seen and fallen short of the glory of the Lord. It's amazing. We can't, we can't keep the law. So when you start practicing all these 10 commandments, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. For this reason, the high priest in the Old Testament, the high priest used to, they went into the holies of holies to atone for the sins of the people. But Jesus now is our high priest who went in once and for all to atone for our sins. Because of what he did, we're able to what? go into the throne of grace and obtain what? Mercy. Look at Hebrew 4, 14 to, 14 to 16. What I'm teaching here is you cannot do it by yourself. All these works we always try to do, we're always in the, in the aspect of works. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do. Man, what are you doing? Can you obey all the laws? Don't get me started. 
In Hebrew 4, 14 to 16, please. No living translation. So then, 14. Say, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. He's, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he has faced all of them. He has faced all of them. All, 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 let me read. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. 16. So let us what? Come boldly to the throne of grace, of the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. Human race needs a savior. That's why John 3, 16, and God so loved the world that he gave. Our God is such a generous God, he gave. Can you imagine when I did, when I hated Jesus? Come on, all of us didn't like Jesus. When somebody preached to you the first time, did you accept it? Please, please don't start with me. We didn't, we didn't accept him right away. Uh, okay, uh, maybe, I'm, maybe you guys are very holy. I'm not. I didn't accept him right away. I chased everybody out of my room. I even called, my friend called me and said, I accept Jesus. I say, if you call me again, is this why you call me from Nigeria to America? Tell me about Jesus. If you, if, you tell, if you decide to tell me about Jesus again, stop calling me. Jesus died for us when we hated him. God sent, God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to set us free from the law so we can depend on him. He can guide us. We're not law people. So when you see when you see something like that in New Testament, people always say, "Oh, maybe we should keep." No, the law is good. The law is good. It shows us, you know, where we are going wrong. It's good. But the key here is we should depend on who? on Jesus. His grace. By the grace of God, we will teach this thing about the law, the law, the commandments, and love. Love is the greatest thing. But you know, going back to what 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 was going on here, I'm just I wanted to take that and dissect it because so we don't get, you know, we don't be be you know be people of do's and don'ts, you know, and, you know these are the do's. I was in training uh, <clears throat> at work. Uh, I was in training at work, and you know, please mute yourself if you can. If you can, I was a trainer at work, and. You know, we're going through because you know I work for a pharmaceutical company, and you know they they have these good, good documentation practices, and they have the do's and the don'ts. As soon as I, I saw that, I was laughing because the, you know that's what happens to us. We always have the do's and the don'ts instead of us to what depend on the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to the same Matthew 19 we read. You know, Jesus asked the rich man. If he can, if if he kept some of the commandments, he gave him, and the man arrogantly said he kept six of them. However, the rich man didn't know that Jesus knew his heart, and Jesus knew he he would fail in the first two commandments. 
Joseph just took, picked a few commandments. I said, have you done this? I said, yes. But he knew he was going to fail in the first two. The first, first commandment was, you shall what? Have no other gods before me. The second one says, you must what? You shall make no idols. Jesus told him to sell everything he owned and give to the poor and then follow me. The man was very unhappy. Was, was, was unhappy. He, couldn't, he couldn't do it because he had what many possessions. The many possessions were his God. He couldn't, he couldn't say, I'm, I'm going to forsake all those many possessions and come and follow the one true God. He never, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't, it didn't sit well with him. Let's look at Matthew 6.24. Say no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and and despise and be and be against the what the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Oh, sorry, is the amplified I was looking at? I'm so sorry. Is not is it the same thing? Okay, let me read your own. Let me read your own. It's amplified I was looking at. I don't know why I put do living translation. Maybe no, maybe no, no vex. I think it's amplified. I don't know. I just picked something. Uh, okay, I'll read this one. Don't worry, i read this one. This is good too. It says, no one can, can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to, to, to money. In, no, in amplified, amplified says, you cannot serve God and mammon or whatever is trusted in riches, money, possessions, deceitful riches. A rich man, the rich man was at a crossroad. Jesus, Jesus can be, he said, what Jesus was saying, you can, you can, I can be your master, or you can be influenced by mammon. Money is, money is not bad. It's a tool that God has, has given us to what? It's a tool that God has given us to use. But the key is to decide who you will serve. You know, it's funny. I watch this documentary. And I like all this, you know, sometimes, you know, just to pass some time, you watch documentary. <coughs> so I watch this documentary on Pablo Escobar. It was said, but nobody knows the truth, but it was said that this man made a million dollars a day. If you make that money, that can such a such huge amount of money. I said to think, why did this man stop? Then I then realized there was a spirit behind it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't stop. He, he, the thing was grabbing him like, come on, make more, make more, make more. It's amazing. Who would influence, who would you allow to influence you? Are you going to follow Jesus and allow him to influence you now and in coming years? What is preventing you from serving him? Are you like the rich man who is holding tight to his possessions? Let's look at somebody else. Let's compare him to somebody. Let's look at Zacchaeus in Luke, Luke 19, 1 to 10, New Living Translation. 
Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Let's look at Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. Verse 2. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. Please mute yourself. If you don't mind. There's a man named what? Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region. And he had become what? Very rich. Verse 3. He tried to look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road. For Jesus was coming, was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by his name. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus he said, come quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his, to his house in great excitement and joy. Of course, this is Jesus. If Jesus came to your house, wouldn't you be cooking? You'll be so excited. Of course. But the people were displeased. He has gone to the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus took stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. If I've cheated any, any if I've cheated people. Verse, uh, where am I? <coughs> Verse eight. If, <coughs> if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Verse nine. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. 10. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. You know, Zacchaeus is the total opposite of the rich man. Zacchaeus is equivalent to IRS. You know, I always say this all the time. Al Capone couldn't be brought back down by anybody. Person that brought him down was what? IRS. IRS is feared and not liked. Zacchaeus was the, like the IRS man, as well as what? He was a mafia, mafia show. He was, was a mafia made man. He cheated people, he collected taxes. That's why I say he was a mafia made man. He cheat, cheat, he cheat people. And he collect taxes again. You will cheat people with one hand and collect taxes with the other hand. The people did not appreciate that Jesus wanted to go to his home. You know, we do the same thing right now. We are unhappy when a murderer gives his life to Jesus. And when, he's, when he accepts Jesus. We are unhappy when a man or a woman who has been in prison and the, man, the woman says, or the man says, I've accepted Jesus. We're unhappy. Who, who do they think they are that they're going to just accept Jesus? Jesus loves us all. That's why the Bible says, and God so loved the world. When the world hated him, we too were murderers. When the world hated, we hated our brothers and sisters. We killed verbally. We, we did all kinds of things, but Jesus still accepts us. We can go on our knees and still pray to him. He still accepts us. 
we still we can still go to the, the throne of grace. If I were Jesus, I would take. You know what we used to use in in Nigeria, koboko. Thank God I'm not Jesus. I'll take koboko and be. Are you kidding me? You're coming to, after you. But let's be honest. Can you can, suppose God decided one day for one day, He speaks to me. Uh, you know, He tells me. He says, "Okay, from now on, no praise and worship. What we're going to do is, Pastor, Ayo, show everybody their sins. <laughs> show everybody their sins. The sins of everybody in the church, starting from the senior pastor. Hey, that day I won't preach up. Hey, are you kidding me?" You too, you be honest with yourself. You too won't come to church. Maybe you'll do a timetable just to just to see who, who will come to church and who will come to church. You draw a you know, sorry, you know, Nigeria, when you say timetable, a schedule, schedule, sorry. Sorry. We we'll do a schedule and say, Pastor, I, Pastor, you know, you say ladies first. So we say Pastor your first, ladies first, Pastor your first, Pastor Chuka. Then I'm sorry, I'm looking at Sister Mayo. Sister Mayo next. That's what my screen shows. Sorry. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, I know when I talked about this one time in Sunday school class in the in the parent church, when we're in the parent church, my our sister Grace says, Pastor, you don't have to tell me. I won't come to work that whole month. Whether it's my schedule, it's not my schedule, I won't come to work. I'm telling you, we will not come to work. None of us will come to church. Because we don't want to expose. But meanwhile, when somebody now accepts Jesus because his life has been exposed, we get what? Bitter. Hey, bitterness. We start to roll around our, our chest like as if we're cooking okra soup. It's going to be going. We'll go to another church. That's what the Lord says. He says, he says you'll go to another church where your sins are kept under wraps. Let's go back to Zacchaeus again. Back to Zacchaeus. He was seeking what? A savior. Please mute yourself. He, please mute yourself. Please mute yourself. So the inter He was seeking a savior. He didn't care what people thought about him. He climbed the tree. Can you imagine? He was desperate. He was seeking, seeking Jesus desperately. Seeking desperately for a savior. A man that he can you imagine? You, it's like your, your boss's boss's boss. If you if you work for a, a company, the man is climbing the tree. Won't you? It's like you've been looking. What's wrong with this man? Climbing the tree, embarrassing himself. The man didn't care about any kind of embarrassment. He didn't care about it. He was desperate. When Jesus came to his house, Zacchaeus repented right away. He knew what he had done. He knew what he had done. He, he, he was sad. He wanted to follow Jesus. He wanted this eternal life. He was willing to give everything away. He was willing to surrender to the master instead of to the master of what? Money. He knew the difference. He, it's not like the rich man that didn't know. He knew the difference. He knew that he wanted the king of kings. The Lord of Lords, that's all he wanted. That's what he desperately wanted. What the rich man was not able to do, Zacchaeus was willing to do. 
cheerfully willing When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you possess the heart like Jesus. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. You possess the heart of a cheerful giver, a heart who gives. Look at second, second, um, second, um, second. Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of our Lord, this is what we say at the end of service, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, so I was, I was telling my son, David, I said, slow down, slow down when you're saying it. So the thing can, you can, you, you, you understand it. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, What's the love of God? You have the love of God. May you possess the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In addition to the heart of God that we possess, we have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, which we say at the end of service. The Holy Spirit is to guide us. He guides us. He guides our giving if we ask him, <laughs> that's the key. If we ask him to guide us, we commune with him. Let's look at Second Corinthians 9, 6 to He says, remember, oh, sorry. He said, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But when one who plants generously will get generous crop, you must, you must what? Each decide in your heart how much to give. And if you give reluctantly in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives generous, uh, cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Put that in mind. It will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. Remember that one again. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources, then provide and then pro and produce a great harvest of generosity in you. It's saying here, let me don't go ahead of myself, but uh, you know what, let me, let me relax. He says, he says 11, yes, you'll be rich in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your when we take your gifts to those who need them, they would thank God. So two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they, they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Thirteen. As a result of your of your ministry. 
they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all the believers who prove that you are obedient to the good news of Jesus, of good news of Christ. Let me tell you something. When I read this scripture, the Holy Spirit reminded me of my father. I don't know, this is this, like this month, the Lord has just been going back. He reminded me of my father. My father understood this scripture. My father understood this scripture. He understood it inside out. He understood what this scripture was talking about. My father gave generously to his family. And not only, he didn't stop there. I'm telling you, he did not stop there. He went to his brothers and sisters. He did not even stop there. He took the whole Ihyama and decided, I'm going to bless all of them. He was a man that understood the meaning of giving cheerfully and generously. I believe God used him as a conduit to give to others. And today, we are reaping the benefits of his generosity. When we give to the poor, we're lending to, the, to, we're lending to what? To God. We're lending to what? God. And God amazingly pays. When you lend, read it. When you lend, when you give to the poor, you're lending to God, and He rewards. And when He rewards, the Lord, we talked about it before. He rewards with interest. Do you know that till now, people still call me to tell me the impact my father made in their lives. Till today, no, not today, but nobody has come me today. But till till recently, people still call me and say, "Man." Your father really touched my life. One person called me from a blue because I joined this, I joined this group. And somebody just called me and says, You you won't know me. Because I'm the I'm the baby of the house. You won't know me. But I'm gonna tell you now, your father was the reason why I came into the US. What will people remember you for? You know, and his funny thing is, you know, me, you know, you have to have that relationship with the Lord. You have to develop it. I went to the Lord and I said, okay, you've told me about my father. <laughs> he's good. He's good. He, he, I want to be like my dad. Don't get me wrong. Look, that's my desire. That's my, de that's my strongest desire. Look, let me tell you something. I was telling some, somebody, I don't know who I was telling. I said, my dad was my hero. He was my hero, man. He, and then, you know, you know, that's why, you know, when you watch kids and movies as, as, you know, movies when you're young and the hero never dies. Me, in my mind, I didn't think my hero would die. I watched 007. 007 says, um, uh, I don't remember what the title is, something about he never die. I, man, I never thought my dad would die. Man, I never really thought. It never crossed my mind. No, no, no. He was my hero. Heroes never die in movies now. Why is he going to die now? But I had a question for the Lord concerning this. I said to Lord, come on now. You're telling me he gave an order. But why did he go home so early? <laughs> God gave me a wonderful answer. I ain't giving the answer. 
I told my mom because the answer was from my mom. I told my mom. And the answer inspired me even more. Hey, he inspired me even more. He inspired me even more. The Lord was telling me, look, this man, his heart was for me completely. It, look, it's amazing. I aspired to be like my father. He touched people's lives. He touched. I kept on touching. Look, he, <laughs> he understood it. He understood it. Back to the teaching. God gave us everything. Romans 8.32. Look, let's go to Romans 8.32, please. Praise the Lord. I'm almost, almost done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. God, you said yeah, I was going to finish. Romans 8.32. And since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, wouldn't he also give us everything? God gave us everything, including his son. He cheerfully gave us all things. Like his disciples, they gave up everything to follow Jesus. Can you imagine being a fisherman? Think about it. Peter, they caught this big load. Two boats. Two boats. Filled it up. And then when he, when he docked, they left everything. Can you imagine how much fish in this day and age, in this inflation? <laughs> how much fish? The place I would go for Jamaican food. The food that the, the double because I we eat fish. I see, maybe maybe next time I'll go and say, please, no fish, just spare me no fish, just give me a dress of rice. That money kid, I won't say that. You know. So where am I? <coughs> they depended on Jesus to do what? to provide for them. And Jesus did. Jesus did. When they had to pay taxes, what did Jesus tell them? He said, go down to God, go, go to that fish. Go, go down. You're a, you're a fisherman, go and, go and fish. Inside that fish, you'll see, you'll see what we're gonna to use to pay tax. The key is that, do you have faith that God will take care of you? Or do you want to be in the driver's seat? You know, somebody sang this song. Jesus, take the wheel. Are you going to allow Jesus to take the wheel? Or do you want to be in this, uh, <laughs> you know, in Nigeria, there's, um, when I did um, driving school, this is a long time ago, I, and, you know, in the driving school, I don't, I don't think they have it here because I didn't do driving school here. I, I, I think I did, I, did I? No, I didn't do it driving because I was driving in Nigeria. I had to take, I, I needed somebody, so I needed to use somebody's car to go and get my license. Uh, but this driving school in Nigeria is funny because they have, if you remember, I'm just trying to bring some memories back. You know, you have the driver has his, uh, his steering wheel and the pedal, 
and the and the and the and the everything. The the gear is on the steering wheel. The the driver has his own steering wheel, pedal, and all that. But his own has the you know when the brake when you put when he puts the leg on the brake, he supersedes the driver. Do we want to have that? <laughs> That's what the what the Lord is opening my eyes to. Is it that that's what we want? Whereby we have the steering wheel too. We have the 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 accelerator, the 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 the, uh, the, the three pedals because you know it's stick shift because it has this the gear. Is that what we want, or do we want God to take the wheel, to to guide us, to provide the seed? Because He provides the seed. He also provides the bread. He provides the harvest. When we invest in what God has given to his work, he will provide us with more to give to his service. We are the conduit. We are supposed to be the conduit to be a blessing to others. God blesses us not for us to lavish it on ourselves but to be a blessing to others, to give freely to his work, to the poor, and to whoever you are directed to give. You are the Jesus that people see on earth. You're created in his image, so you're the Jesus here on earth. When I mean Jesus, Jesus is big Jesus for Jesus. You're the little Jesus. And so on that side, he says you're the... The king of kings, the king, the big king is king of kings, the little kings. Let me end with this scripture. Luke 16, 1 to, 1 to 12. Luke 16, 1 to 12. Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day, a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money, was lavishing it. He says, so the, the employer came in and said, what? What's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you're going to be fired. Verse three, the manager thought to himself, now, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't even have strength to dig ditches. And I'm too proud to beg. Ha, ha, ba. What? I know what to do. Light bulb. Boom. He turned on. I know how to ensure that I have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm fired. So he invited each person who owned who owed what money to his employer to come and discuss their situation. He asked the first one, how much you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, he says, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man, I owe him 1000 bushels of, of wheat. Oh, he says, what? was the reply. The, here, the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800. The rich man had to admire. Look at what he said, eight, verse eight, verse eight, verse eight, verse eight. 
The rich man had to admire the dishonest radical for being what? So shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than the children of light. Look at verse nine, that's, that's the clincher, that's the clincher. Verse nine, here's the lesson. You, you, you use your worldly resources to what? To benefit others and make friends. Then your possessions are, then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you'll be dishonest with greater responsibility. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, 12, why should you be trusted with things of your own? That is deep. The manager said something that was profound. This, this man, the steward, I'm calling the steward. Let's put it the steward. The steward said something that was profound. He says he doesn't have strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg. This is coming from a man that wasted his what? Employer's money. So this tells me that he didn't have savings. This reminds me of a friend. Please don't tell. I won't tell you his name. It reminds me of a friend back in the day. Long time ago. Very, so many, many, many years ago. The Lord was just bringing this out. You know, when you're, when you're typing it, the Lord brings memories. These memories just starts to flow. Reminded me of this friend that got an inheritance of about 50K. I'm telling you, he spent it on possessions. Why? Because he wanted to show off. He said he didn't save anything. He didn't even give, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't give his, he didn't give his mother a cent. One cent he didn't give his mother. And I was pleading with this man, give your mom some money. She put a shelter over your head, give her something, anything. The, this steward was broke. No savings to show for. But a life he had, he, he yes he had to he had maybe a, you know his own maybe he took his took the money and built a, a house for himself so he can show off. This is what I have. This really this really touched me because I listen. I there was there was there was a story that I heard. It's no point. He says he wanted to show off the mansion, but he had nothing to show for. But the light bulb went off. He had an idea. He had an idea. He had an idea, and he decided to, even though 
the idea was still trying to steal from his master. But the the the, the manager said, the not the manager, the owner of the of the of the place said, man, this person is really shrewd. He said, wow, he's you know, I never, but he did something wonderful. Let me tell you what he did. Look, look nine. Read it in two translations. Pastor, I do the comparison that you like to do, please. Look nine. Look at the lesson. Look nine. Uh, amplified and New Living Translation. You know, uh, uh, just regular amplified now. Okay, good. So you can you can read from with just verse verse uh, nine, sixteen. Look, sixteen, mama. You can read. He said, I'm going to look at the Amplified. And I tell you, learn from this. Look at what the owner is saying. Make friends for yourself for eternity by means of the wealth of the unrighteousness. That is, use material, use material resources as a way to further the work of God. So when it runs out, they will welcome you to the eternal dwelling. Let's look at New Living Translation. New Living Translation now brings it out. It says, that's on the right. It's on the right right here. It says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, you will become, you, they will welcome you to an eternal You know, that look, this look 16.9 is the moral of the story. We are stewards of the resources that God has given us. We are to be guided to use it. We are to, we are to what? We are to give according, according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, which is equivalent to giving cheerfully and generously. We're to use our resources to further the work of God. The Bible is saying that we says that we they will welcome you to an eternal home. This means that when you go home to be with the Lord, the people you helped, the people you impacted, the souls you impacted, their lives, when you gave to the work, or when you gave to a missionary, that missionary in turns ahead. And now wins a soul. You two are partakers. You're a partaker of that soul he won because you gave to him. And the host of heaven will be at the door to welcome you home. Can you imagine that picture? You know, our pastor, our pastor, Pastor Chinedu, in our parent church, he taught this many years ago. I didn't get it. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I didn't get it. I really didn't get it. He was telling, he was saying how, how, you know, he was pastoring in, 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 um, is it Mush? You see, the place that when they were, when they come to church, no kidding, when they come to church, the place is waterlogged. They will come, they will, they will clean out the place. He was pastoring people that where they stayed, where they stayed, their homes were around poop. Poop, that's where their homes were. But he was pastoring them. He was in that. That's where the Lord sent him to pastor. That's where he planted that church. And most of the people, when he taught this, like I said, I never. It never, it never, it never sunk in. It never sunk into my heart, to my head. It never sunk in. I didn't get it until now. You know, you know, you, you, you were sinking in small, small, but now it's like a full blast. Oh my goodness! One of the people that that was in that place, I can't remember. I'll have to call him to tell me, and I will text you the name. I'll call him today. I'll call, I don't know what time he finished from church, but I'll call him today. And I'll, please tell me where you passed, where that place that you passed up, where the people, their, their homes were around people. People, you, you, they'll, they'll go for, for ministration and go to that area. They'll roll up their, their pants. I'm going to be preaching to those people in, we, that have. And you say one of the people, if, a lot of them, they got it. They got it. He says one of the people that were living there, the guy is now the 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 the, um, the I think is the president of Union Bank in Nigeria. The key here is my prayer is that we we will understand that God wants is looking for a cheerful giver. He's looking for someone that is cheerful, generous like him, like him. He wants us to cue into it. He wants us to, to cue into it. So my prayer is that, that we, including me, we will impact the world. We we'll allow God to impact us and impact the world because we're Jesus. We're the Jesus that people see on that. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you glory. Thank you, because this is a message you told me to tell your people. You know, sometimes things like this could be difficult to, to, to express. It might be difficult to understand. I didn't understand it then. I didn't. But Lord, you, you were peeling the onion for me while I was in recovery. <laughs> you were peeling the onion. <laughs> you were peeling it. You were exposing ignorance. You're telling me you've been ignorant all this time. You're teaching us today. You're even telling me, reminding me of my, about my father. See, he was your hero. So now be like him. Follow in his legacy. Follow in his steps. Follow. Lord, you know, you reminded me too. I didn't have the opportunity to talk about it. 
It reminded me of somebody else. A lady, a woman that has gone to be with the Lord now. How she gave to her community. And their children now, they are taking it and they are running with it. Lord, you know, I pray, Lord, today that you open our eyes, you expose, open our eyes, peel that onion, peel the layers, <laughs> the layers of not understanding, the layers of hoarding. You know, the world tells us to save, save. I'm not saying we shouldn't save. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad to have a fund, savings. You even told me, you reminded me, you said, don't call it emergency fund. Don't ever call it that because when you call it emergency fund, emergency will come because you already pronounced it. You spoke it to the environment. You spoke it to the world. Now, emergency will come. Say, yes, don't call it that. Just call it savings. Yes, it's not bad to have savings. It's not bad. But the Bible says we are the conduit. <laughs> we are the conduit. We are the conduit. We are supposed to give what? What? Cheerfully. Generously. Because this is, we are the Jesus that people see. We are the gods that people see. Father Lord, I thank you because you're opening our eyes. You're opening our eyes. We're understanding this. We're walking by faith. This is a thing of faith. It's not by sight. It's difficult sometimes. We look at it, how, how can this be possible? But Lord, you're telling us it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. Just like how you reminded me, Lord, you know, going for the surgery, you gave me the word. And I took your word and I went for the surgery. It's by faith. Anything could have happened there, but you told me. I had that confidence. It was, it, it, it's, it's as good as being tangible. It's as good as being tangible. I, I could hold on to it. And I went there and you did. I did, you did. I did, I took your word by faith and you did. He says, okay, you've taken the word by faith. Okay, now it's time for my, my own, my own duty is to what? To what? To do it. And you did. And you're still doing. And you're still perfecting. And you say, oh Lord, thank you Lord. This is what you do. You want us to do what? Take your word by faith. Take your teaching by faith. And say, Lord, I'm going to do it. This is what it is. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, we don't be people that, um, <laughs> the, way <you> <clears throat> the way you explain it to me is, <clears throat> we don't be like people that, um, when we have beans, is the way you're, you're explaining to me, oh Lord. Please bear with me. I pray that the people understand too. We don't be like people that, um, when we are trying to separate beans, you know, the beans that we want to cook. We take, we take, say, because we're separating beans. So we say, okay, this is the beans. We're going to take the beans in one side and take the, the stones, put it to one side. Because we don't want to cook everything together because you don't want to be eating stone and beans. What you're saying, Lord, is that you don't want us to be people that say, no, Lord, this is your word, but I don't want to take this one. I want to take this one. It's your word. You're not telling us to pick and choose. Because sometimes we pick and choose. We say, hey, Lord, I like this one better. I'll take it. 
this one. I don't know, Lord, it might not be possible. It is impossible. So it's, because it's impossible, I don't take it. I, I don't think I can do it, so I don't take it. Lord, you don't want us to be picking beans. That's what you're saying. You don't want us to be picking beans you know, to decide this is this one I can take, this one I don't take. You're telling us to take it all. You're not saying that we should take the beans and start eating and eating the beans and the stone, but you're telling us to take your word. Take everything about your word and be doers of your word. And not just hearers. Lord, this is what you've told me to teach. Lord, I put it back in your hands. I'm just a vessel. I'm a conduit. I'm a vessel. I taught the word. Holy Spirit, over to you. Touch people's hearts. Touch them the way you want to touch them. Transform their lives. So they know. Because Lord, you said to me, last minute, <laughs> last minute, I was putting up this equipment. Last minute, he said, change the message. And I quickly changed it. At the end, he said, change the message. And I quickly, you remind him, he said, don't forget to change it. Don't forget to change it. I said, okay, Lord, I heard you. I will change it. I changed the message. Because you want the best for us. You don't want us to be mediocre. Mediocre. You don't want us to just exist. You want the best. Because we are going out to represent you. We are going out to represent the king of kings. That's why you told me, say today, you went the best. I said, yeah, Lord, hey, I went the best. Because I'm coming to represent you. Lord, we, you know, if they invite us to White House, to see the king, to see uh, uh, President uh, Biden. We don't go when scrub, doctor scrub. Even though you're a doctor, you don't wear the scrub. We come to see Biden. We're the best. So Father Lord, I thank you. I've come to see you. <laughs> And reason, uh, Lord, I thank you because I'm not just wearing this because I'm just coming to appreciate you. Appreciate everything you've done. I want you to, I, I thank you, Father Lord. I give you praise, give you glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to really think about this. I give, I leave you with the Holy Spirit for him to speak to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor, you go 